Okay, so welcome to Abnormal Adventures with me, Carrie. My guest today is Christine. How you doing? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. Um, we mentioned you in a previous podcast, and we're so bad because we're like, real name? <laughs> derby name? How do we do this? Um, do you find that people still call you your derby name sometimes? Oh, yeah. Derby yeah. friends still call me Brownie. It's, yeah. it's hard. It's really hard. that <laughs> There's some people, I don't know if I ever knew their real name. No, I know. And I still refer to them as their derby name. Right? So and then, even people that I, like I volunteered afterwards, after my ankle yeah, thing, yeah. Uh, up until probably about before COVID, slightly yeah. before COVID. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I only know them by their derby names. So when you see them in public, it makes for awkward um, interactions. Yeah. But sometimes I feel like if someone just came up to me, it was like, hey, Bruzy, I'd be like, hey, how you doing? Like, I yeah, Oh yeah, totally. Right. Totally. Yeah. Um, it's just weird for other people, I think, that are watching the interaction. That's what you just So one like- time I was in a bank. Okay. So I was in a bank and they referred to me as Brownie to the bank manager. Yeah. And the bank manager just looked at me like, like what are this you? Is your and, and then they were like, name? oh, sorry, sorry. Her real name is, and then they said my real name, but I, I kind of laughed because it's sometimes people are kind of horrified by some of our derby names. So. It's true. And then there's other people like, I don't even know Zena's derby name. I always just called her Zena. See, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> called her Z. Hey, yeah. what I think hers was like Luna. Luna Z. Luna Z. Luna Z. Yeah. yeah, but we all called her Z. Yeah, because I was like, yeah. you have such an amazing name. Why isn't that your derby name? <laughs> like, I know. I have no was, idea. If my name was Zena, I'd be like, my derby name is Zena. <laughs> like, Can we also talk about how I was scared? Um, you scared the crap out of me. Like, I was always so intimidated you by you. I don't know if you remember how many hits I avoided just so that you wouldn't yes, hit me. There, yes, I do remember that. A lot of people did avoid my hits. Um, but no, I didn't think you were intimidated. I'll take it, but it is exactly, it was a good intimidation. I think for someone to be intimidated, you in Derby is like a compliment. Like you want people to be like, Oh, she's going to hit me or here they come. Right. It's so true. Cause there was a lot of people that I, cause when I first started, cause I I started before you Mm -hmm. and like, I wasn't ever, none of us were ever bad, but like when we were new, you were still learning a lot of things. No, I was bad, dude. I was one of those (laughs) weaker I was the mom y'all talked about in the podcast. I was like, all these moms joined Derby. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that was me. But it was still, to escape my real life. <laughs> it was, but you still took Derby seriously, right? Yeah, like, like I came to practices. I yes. paid my dues. I you showed up, <laughs> volunteered. Yes. I, I did what I could. And that's the thing that a lot of people didn't do that. And that's what mm-hmm. more we were talking to. Like half of the people that Yeah, like I, more like rec style. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, like I said, even with the, um, like, I think her derby name was T-Pain, but she was the one that like, same thing. I didn't avoid her hits, but I was like, oh my gosh, she's going to kill me on the track. <laughs> but then it was my goal to purposely try to knock her down. And that was my achievement mm-hmm. that when I was early in that I was like, I finally knocked her down. Right. Yeah. So it's, I'm, good. No, I was to say, it's, it's interesting that you say that because it's, um, it is. You don't, you don't want to be scared of other people. So it pushes you, it motivates you to yeah. want to get better so that you're not scared of them anymore because being scared on roller skates is not, no, <laughs> it's, it's not true. a good it's feeling. Well, I remember, I don't even know what the drill was called, but I, I would call it the train that like everyone was holding the inside or outside lane. And then one, you'd mm-hmm. have to go up and hit everybody. Mm-hmm. And I do remember those times and I probably did to you. If people tried to deke it when you were supposed to take it on those drills. Yes. I would stop and be like, no, you're taking this hit. And like, I would try to get pointers if people were willing to listen, Mm -hmm. but it's like, 
I like if I can't hit you as hard as I can, you're like we're gonna have issues when we play other people that don't go, oh, that's my friend over there. They're just gonna cream yeah, No, no, you're not friends on the track. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I miss I miss there are some days I miss it a lot. Or I was listening to I I listened to your podcast. So <laughs> I yay. Um one because I love podcasts. And so yes. seeing that you started one, I was like, oh my God, amazing. Somebody I know has a podcast. This is so cool. Yeah. And so when I listened to that one with you and Mel, um, you know, listening, listening to you guys talk. And I was like, yeah, you know, I, I do. There are times where I miss it. And there are times that I'm like, you have to move on in life, right? Mm -hmm. You have to, it can't, it can't be a, a yeah. And for thing, me, so. and for me and you, we both had injuries that like, mm. that affect yours took so much longer. Like I still, I bet for you, mine, I still have to this day, some residual issues with it, but I can function at least. But like my journey was about a solid year dealing with my ankle. And I think yours was like two or three. Yeah. I had two years back to back. So I had several surgeries wow. done and it's still, I don't have range of motion on my ankle really? and it still is swollen to this day. And oh I totally believe people, I used to think it was like, like hooky hooky stuff when people would say, Oh, I can feel it in my bones, the yeah. weather. And I totally feel it in my bones now. Uh, and yeah. I still get stiff. I have learned that I cannot wear cute little cheap shoes anymore. Mm -hmm. All my shoes have to be insold to the max or like yep. super expensive because if I wear anything less, I'm using a cane. It'll yeah. get so bad that I'll have yep. to use a cane. I, have, so. I had to get like professional orthotics, like the fitted to mm -hmm. your feet and they are in my work shoes. They're in my workout shoes. Like they're like, I can't not have proper support for my feet. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, like even in my house, if sometimes I'm stupid. And when I'm like baking or do something in the kitchen, you're like, Oh, I don't need to put stuff on my feet. If I don't have something on my feet to keep like my feet stable, it will kill for the rest of the day. I'm like, come on, Carrie. So I have like, yes, girl. Right. Yes. So obviously Sounds like we have a lot more. Common I know. Than we <laughs> but so we're talking about our ankle injuries. So was yours about a month after I broke mine? I can't remember. Like what month? Did you um, break so I, um, I was the last of the cycle. Yeah, that year so had a lot. Th that year was a bad year. There were like five injuries that yeah. year, all ankle breaks, yeah. and it was awful. And I think I sealed the deal with mine. I'm pretty sure there might have been one more person after me. To be honest, no, I no, I no, I was the last one because I got the hand me down wheelchair, the hand me down. Oh. Everybody was so yeah. gracious to share it with me. It made it yeah. round. It's it made its rounds, which was yeah. great. Um, but yeah, I think I was the last in that group and thank goodness because mm -hmm. it was awful. There's, there's been derby breaks since then in the league and whatever, oh, for sure. Not, not when we were around, that was a tough year. I, it was like a curse. I don't know. It was. I, I, I didn't have the worst though. There was, there was, there was bird who had the worst, I think out of all of us, but she can get her feet into amazing shoes. So that's yeah. uh, awesome for her. But uh, yeah, that was a trying year. So that, that, um, yeah, that was an awful experience. It really was an awful experience. I, that was the first time I had ever had some sort of injury to my body other than giving childbirth. Um, yeah, which so, uh, yeah. it's different, but at least you get a reward at the end. You get a cute little human. <laughs> That's what I kept saying. I was like, yeah. Oh man, I take labor over this any day. It was awful. And yeah. so, and, and having reoccurring surgeries happen. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I had to go back a year later and have my, in hopes of giving me range of motion. Uh, I had my Achilles tendon lengthened because it had become so. Okay. Wait, um, okay. Start from the beginning. Okay. Okay. What did you break initially? Because I know it was at practice, which I broke mine at practice as well. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It was a practice break. And 
Um, I broke my tib and you broke both. I believe I broke both because I have, I have hardware on either side of my ankle. Um, and so I I remember there be, it was broken in two spots. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it was a tib fib. Um, it was broken in two spots and, uh, I had to have two pieces of hardware on either side of my leg and then a screw that went through, um, straight through from like one plate to the other plate from one to the other. Yeah. Ah, Okay. Yep. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, Honestly, it feels like forever ago. And, and so I went back. So after I had my surgery, I then went back and had, um, a screw loosened because they thought, Oh, maybe that'll help you. (gasps) They loosened the range of motion. Yeah. So they loosened a screw. So they went back and loosened a screw. Uh, that didn't work. So then they did a scope on my ankle. Mm -hmm. So I had a scope done and that really didn't help a whole bunch. Um, then I went back uh, a year after my initial break and they said, let's, let's lengthen your Achilles tendon. Um, and so they did that, um, because the surgeon, I was like that freak case for him where he was like, I've never seen this happen to someone before Mm -hmm. where they don't have range of motion. And so, um, went back, had my Achilles tendon lengthened. That was an ordeal and a half. It wasn't as bad as the initial surgery, like when you break it, but Mm -hmm. it was still uncomfortable. Yep. So there I have a scar on the back of my ankle. I now refer to my ankle as a Franken foot because it's so scarred up. Right. And so what it was is that my body was producing scar tissue in, in hopes of repairing itself, I guess, or whatever Mm -hmm. from the first surgery. So there was always an accumulation of scar tissue. Yep. And so, um, after these Achilles tendon, they also did a scope on my ankle again, that time in hopes that it would, um, it would help. And it really didn't, it it was like my body wasn't letting it take its time to heal. It kept trying to speedy. So it was just producing mass amounts of scar tissue. And so as a first timer bone body breaker, first timer, I Mm -hmm. didn't know that that's how my body, I guess, handled stuff, Uh, which is similar to my personality, right? Like go, 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 go. Don't stop. You don't have time (laughs) for this. So I found it funny that my body was doing that in a sense of healing. It was trying to rush the healing process, which it shouldn't have. And so that was an adventure. I'll tell you that, like, there are so many weird, like, I got, I think I slightly got addicted to my painkillers by accident, not on purpose. And so I ended up like getting those scratch rashes. Like it was just, it was an adventure in my life that I was ready to be done with, but unfortunately I'm still dealing with Mm -hmm. the, with the the after effects of that. So So did you do physio in between any of the like operations or the surgeries? Yeah. So I started physio, but I think I might've started it too late after the first break, to be honest with you. I think that I was, I should have started it before weight bearing and I didn't. And I learned that afterwards. So when I had my Achilles tendon lengthened, I went like ball, like I was like hardcore balls to the walls. Right. I was Mm -hmm. like physio and I was doing chiro. I explored chiropractic adventures. And that was something that I was like, okay, I don't know if that's going to work, but it, it was doing things to alleviate swelling and pain that I was having. So it did work. It did work to a point. Um, yeah. So I was going hardcore for that. I was going like two to three times a week, trying to just get my ankle to have its range of motion. Mm -hmm. And I got back more than I did the first round, but eventually benefits run out and there's no not a lot of money left for that. So then you're just kind of on your own trying to figure it out. And that's, it's true. that's pretty much where it is. So See, I, uh, maybe it was when you got your screw loose and I thought they were talking about possibly taking all of the hardware out for you. Was it, was that, or am I crazy? Um, 
No, I don't think you're crazy. I think there might have been a discussion about it, but um, they might they might have removed a screw. Like, see, this is how bad it is because it's like mm-hmm. I, I almost want to block that whole period of <laughs> yeah. my life out. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. so when you have a family and like a job and I don't like, you know, it's responsibilities. Mm-hmm. It all wears on you. Right. Yep. So um, they might have even removed the screw altogether, but I know that they were trying different things and that and that yep. was a day surgery. Like I just went in they loosened it. I came back home. I yeah stayed on my feet for a couple stayed off my feet for a couple of days and then went back to work. So it was a very quick process, but I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know if it's better to have it completely removed. I, I wonder if that's part of the issue too, or maybe I can feel scar tissue, which is super gross. I don't know if you do like, do you ever, feel I can't feel the scar, scar tissue? tissue. I can feel all of the screws. Cause I've got about, I think seven screws on my plate and I can feel oh, the wow. screws. Yeah. Cause that's the thing. Like, so at practice, I wasn't at, cause I was already broken. I was gone by that point. Mm-hmm. um did you did you know instantly you broke it like um yeah because that- I heard I heard a crack oh you heard a crack. Okay. I heard it <gasps> yeah so the best part about my story is that it's so not badass at all there was no hits there was no nothing and so people are always like you should never tell this story it's so pathetic and I'm like well you know no um so I was literally standing, just standing in place and we were having a water break and I yep. went to go get my water and I lost my balance and I landed on my own foot. So I literally yep. broke myself, which oh. is again, true, true, true Christine style, because that's what I'm known for breaking stuff. And so mm-hmm. it was fun, not funny, but when it happened and I landed on it, I heard the crack yep. and in my head, I kept playing back everyone else's injuries, yep. specifically bird's injury where her mm-hmm. ankle was facing the other freaking direction yeah and hearing her scream and seeing her ankle that was like the worst thing for me so I wouldn't look at my ankle I remember yeah. rolling over and crying I've broken it and everyone's like no no it's gonna be fine that's you what they said to me it. too they said that to me too it's no you're gonna fine. Be fine and I was like no dude I heard a crack like yeah. I heard it with my I heard it within my own body right like and I remember thinking, this is it. This is it. This is the day where my family's going to learn a really hard lesson. I had two little kids at home. Yeah. Like, I was like, what are they going to do? Like, it mm-hmm. was, it was so weird. And then, so I, oh, it was joke that, um, you know, I, that was the day I gave up drinking water because <laughs> it clearly that water yeah. break is what uh, did it. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I don't well, know. That's the thing. Like when, for me, like I, I, always said I didn't like the practice right before a game that's when I broke mine the practice right before a game because (laughs) everyone's so full of nerves and everything and we always try drills that I find are a little bit like more complicated and it's like we just need something easy like just a skate a relaxing or just not have it so that people don't have those nerves and that was a really bad practice for me I remember in my head being like you should leave you should leave. Like the whole practice, my brain said, you should leave. You should leave. And I kept saying one more jam, like one more jam, one more jam, like one more time. And I remember going out. I remember being in front of the pack. And then I remember someone pulling me. That's all I remember. And then when I fell, people said I'm crazy, but I'm like, I'm not because my foot. So take a normal foot. because I broke just my fib and mine was about a six inch spiral fracture. So pretty much the bone spiraled and cracked multiple times. And I felt my foot, the outside of it, come up and hit the side of my leg. So like, yeah, right? And I was like, everyone's like, no, 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 no. I'm like, nope, it happened. But because I think we had seen Bird go through it and and how much she, like, everyone said, it was, everyone there will always remember it as a traumatizing event for, because 
yeah. I related is that like she screamed like she was being murdered, right? Like it was yes. like into your like everyone. You was knew like, something Ugh. was wrong. It was a something is wrong, right? Yeah. And you never want to hear that scream from anyone. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, yeah, it's broken. And they gave me this. No, no, you're fine. You probably just prayed. I'm like, no, no, I didn't. Like I didn't. I know I didn't. I didn't hear a crack or a pop because mine didn't clean break right mine mm-hmm. did the spiral and so I remember I'm such a workaholic go 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 I had inventory coming up for work and I remember having to call work and I normally don't cry around people and the only time I cried was talking to my family and talking to work being like I'm so sorry I screwed up inventory because it was a big <laughs> ordeal yep. for work that it was like it was a 12 to 14 hour thing overnight and I worked at Claire's at the time so there's like millions of little things so it takes forever yeah Yep. And I remember being like, I still went and did inventory. I was sitting on a scooter with my air cast on because I hadn't even got my cast yet. And school the hospital, sit there. And like the doctor's like, are you sure that they, like this hurts? I'm like, yeah, because I just sat there like, mm-hmm. and then everyone's trying to be like, a little yeah. twinge of pain, but like yep. not a little, a, a twinge. But I'm like, I find my sister a year later snapped both her tip and fib as well playing ball hockey. And we both just like, we're, we just try to keep it in. So we just calmly sit there and like, huh? Yeah. It hurts. They're like, give me a scale. I'm like, like a nine. And they're like, but you don't look like it's a nine. I'm like, it's a nine. I'm just not like showing it. I have yeah. not learned since then. If anything happens to me and I think it's severe, I am going to scream bloody murder. Cause you get dealt yeah. with so much faster. But anyway, oh, yeah. right. So I, same thing, went to the hospital. Luckily it was quiet that night for me. I don't know about for you, but like, we went, got x-rays, and Larissa came with me. She met me at the hospital because Zena brought me to the hospital. And the guy's like, do you have an old fracture on your ankle? I'm like, no. And he's like, oh, because you said the pain is on one side. Because I pulled the ligaments on the one side, but then broke the opposite oh, okay. side. And so he's like, okay. So same thing. They put me in an air cast. I refused to let them wheel me out of the hospital. So I gimped it out with crutches because that was just me. I was like, whatever. It's fine. Then I still came to the game before I hadn't even seen the like uh, the the fracture clinic yet because they were that busy. So I was just like, whatever, went to the game a couple days later, gimped around on the air cast. And then like a week later, they put me they, they contemplated surgery for me. But I was like, I don't want surgery. I don't know why. And it was like, no surgery for me. It's not happening. Yeah. And yeah. I look back now and go, if I would have just said do the surgery I wouldn't have had all the other complications because I would have just had the hardware in there yeah but so I had this really old doctor that I think like I don't even think he should have still been doing like this as a career because when he yeah. came and he's like okay like w- well we'll put you in a cast and we'll see from there and then he hand set my my foot back into place with the cast which he pushed like the opposite way so I think part of what he did when he said it cause my future issues with it oh no so get the cast on whatever and I think I had it on um for six weeks so I, you, they switch out every couple of weeks right they take you to tell them the full cast take it off yeah. put it on whatever and I remember when they took it off I was like I and I knew that your muscles need time to kind of get used to it, but I was like this doesn't feel right I instantly knew like something yeah. felt off with it and so same thing I worked a job that I was on my feet the whole time so um I went back for I think a three-month appointment so July and then I went back in October for an appointment and I was like something's not right because I was taping it with sports tape and wore a brace and it still was killing me and I was like what is going on and luckily by then I had a new doctor a younger newer doctor 
And he did the x-ray and he's looking at it and he goes, I think something's wrong. And I was like, okay. So I was like, I think I need to send you for a CT because that's when they can like really look to see what's going on. And so my biggest thing is like, by that point, I learned to just start fighting for like my own health. So I was like, whatever. So they're like, okay, well, RVH has the longest wait for MRI, CTs, all these things. So they're like, this is October, whatever. And he's like, okay, like they'll contact you. It should probably be, I think it was four months. And I was like, you're telling me that you want me to still gimp around like this for four months and like in pain, feeling like shit. Like, are you kidding me? He's like, no. So I just started calling other hospitals to be like, what's your wait time for CT? What's your wait time for CTs? What your wait time for CTs? So I finally just went to Midland. Midland was like, wow. oh, we can get you in in two weeks. I was like, great. What? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So I went to Midland, got it done. And then um, I, it was, they gave it to me on like a DVD. So I had to bring it back and give it to the doctor. I remember oh sitting gosh. there and he goes, he looks at it and he goes, none of your bone has grown back. So I was just walking still on the same, like no scar tissue, no, just broken on the bone. same crappy spiral bone that's insane yeah. and he's like there were some oh, spots so awful. i had i had two scopes as well so i had to end up going back into surgery the first of december and same thing i'm in retail and i remember looking at the, i got sent to a specialist in brampton for it and i remember looking wow. at him and he's like he called me and he's like okay so i went to go meet him in november and he's like okay we're gonna put you in on monday and i was like monday what like i thought i would have like a couple weeks to prepare myself, yeah. get life ready, get work ready, get my, all my staff ready that I'll be gone for three to four months again of healing. Cause I had just been off multiple times again. Yeah. And so I, I, this guy probably thought I was crazy. Cause I swore not at him, but around him a lot. So this, he was a very young, attractive man. And he's like, so we're going to get you in on Monday. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And he's like, <laughs> he's like, what? I'm like, fuck, 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 fuck. I'm like, my work is going to kill me. My work is going to kill me. Cause I'm like, we're going into the busiest time of the year of Christmas. And I was like, yeah. Oh my gosh. And I'm just sitting there swearing at myself. And he's looking at me like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, and, and, and one time, I think one of the other appointments I saw him, I was swearing again. Cause I swore every single time I saw him and not again, not to him with nothing he did, but just circumstances. And he's like, do you talk to your mother this way? I'm like, yes, I do. When I'm mad, I swear at her too. So it's fine. <laughs> and uh, Cause he had my mom, cause because it was my right foot, I couldn't drive. So every single appointment in Brampton, she had to bring me because I didn't have any other yeah. options. I remember going in for surgery. Did you don't find that was the worst, like not having that independence of driving. Mm-hmm. I also, it was my right ankle as well. Yeah. And that was the worst. That, that was, was the worst. worst, not being able to drive myself anywhere. Yeah. And then I also found that I had a hard time because I was always, I bet you felt like, dude, you, you're slower than you normally were, right? Because crutches, mm-hmm. you're so much slower and I remember going to the movies with friends and, and I'm like, just go ahead. I'll meet you in the theater. And just like, yeah. give me my yes. leg down the thing. Right. But yeah. no, like I was, I was so surprised because like, and I'm happy. Like I have, it's about a seven to eight inch plate on my one side. They, and like I said, mm-hmm. six to seven screws in there as well. He, they had to scope the top of my ankle. It's weird. I have these two little dimples now on my ankle that Um, they had to go in on the opposite side and get a whole bunch of extra scar tissue out, which is probably what they did for you. Right. So they scraped any extra scar tissue out, put the plate in. And, um, I just remember, uh, surgery because my sister and my mom came down to the, like, it was early in the morning. So we just stayed at a hotel nearby and, um, 
I like I wasn't allowed to eat you can't put makeup on you can't do any of these things which for me was like excuse me you're telling me I can't do these stuff and um my cat is doing weird stuff to the side here um (laughs) and going for surgery and uh they did a nerve block so pretty much they numbed me from my knee down which they're like just to let you know you might always be numb or you might never get like feeling back and I was like okay okay wait a minute so did you go into your surgery fully awake yes so they gave me oh like, my god Carrie no no I was like I cannot hear drilling scraping oh, no, no, none no, no. of it so I was awake when they brought me in not through the whole surgery oh so, okay I was like girl you yeah. are way stronger than me that I uh, there's no way <laughs> my, okay I'll tell you a story about my sisters after this but so I went in they gave me like the like the calm you down meds like I wasn't freaking out or anything but they just gave you like to kind of get you mellow you're slightly yep. stoned and then they're like okay they brought me into the nerve blocking room. I was still awake for that, which same thing is like weird needles and they're just putting it in your nerve that makes it so like it, it won't twitch during surgery. Yeah. And then they wheeled me into the operation room. I'm still awake. And this is when I got nervous because I didn't realize, but they strap you down like Jesus, right? Like arms out, <sighs> strap you down. And I'm still wide awake at this point. And I'm like, okay. And then that's when they actually gave me like the, the meds to knock me out. And so then- the nurse was nice. So she leans over me and she's like, okay, hun, just close your eyes and just go to a happy place, go to the beach, go to whatever. And then she's like, and then you'll wake up afterwards and everything will be great. And I was like, which it was went asleep, but like, I knew how long the surgery was supposed to take. Cause they had told me, oh, it should take about like an hour. And so I'm in recovery, doped out of my mind and they're waking me up. And I remember, <laughs> I don't know why I thought I didn't have a foot when I first woke up. <laughs> And second, I was like, did <laughs> they have so to terrible I to know, right? I know, but it's, it's your drug. And, and, and I remember them saying, I might, they didn't know if they were going to have to put hardware on both sides of my foot like you. And mm-hmm. so I was like, did they do both sides? And the nurse like, wasn't part of the surgery. She's just the recovery nurse looking at me like I'm a crazy person, right? I'm yeah. Like, I'm like, do I have both sides? And she's like, what? <laughs> what? And I was like, it's fine. And then I'm looking at the clock because there happened to be a clock straight ahead of me in this room. And I'm like, oh no, is that the time? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, the surgery ended up taking an hour longer. So two hours of surgery. And so I'm doped in my mind. I'm like, my family's going to be so mad (laughs) just because they're sitting waiting in the hospital. And I was like, (laughs) oh, great. Which they did get worried. They did tell me, tell me after my my dad showed up and and, because my mom and my dad are separated, but they showed up and they waited together and my sister did get worried because she was already through nursing and stuff like that at that point. And she was like, okay, the surgery is taking a little longer. So she kept asking like, what's going on? What's going on? And they're like, it's just taking longer than expected. It's okay. Um, but then I found I had horrible situations with like every single time I was in a hospital. So people would brush me off or like after surgery. So like you're dope. You're not allowed to do anything yourself because you're high as a kite you've just had surgery on your foot anyways. So you're going to not be with it. And I haven't eaten in like 24 hours or whatever I wasn't allowed to. And so they allowed my family to finally come and see me. And the nurse was like, okay, get up and just like change and go home. And she walks away. And my sister's like, can you get like, do you look at her face? She's, she's white as a ghost. Have you given her sugar? Have you given her juice? Have you given her like cookies? Like you're supposed to, to kind of like get your blood sugar back up. And the nurse was like, Mm -hmm. fine. I'll go get it. And I'm still even that. Oh, my, wow. yeah, my sister had to help me like get in clothes to just get in the car because I was just loopy as hell. And I was like, and then we had that really long drive home and you're on the back of a car, like with your leg, just trying to be propped up and you're yeah. 
stoned out of your mind. Propping of the leg. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing that like, I felt so like, how long are your incisions on both sides? Like your scars. So I just checked my ankle while we were (laughs) talking. So (laughs) better check it out. I was like, Oh yeah. Six to seven inches. Yeah, I'm not good with inches. I don't know, but uh, it's pretty, it's pretty big. So like I'm showing you nobody else can see it. It looks like about four or five. Yeah. The other side, though, isn't, is it as long? I don't remember. Yeah, the other side is not as long. A little bit so, shorter, yeah. Yeah, a little bit shorter. So I've I've thought about things like, should I get it tattooed? And people are like, don't do that. Don't t- t- don't tattoo scar tissue. And I was like, yeah. oh, no. Some people have done stuff to incorporate their scar into, like, a funny thing. That I think I saw yeah, one that, like, I don't look at it. It's depressing looking at it. I'm not going to lie. Like when, when I take photos of my legs, like even my shoes to this day, like I don't walk, pro- like my foot pressure or the way I stand yep. isn't the same. So, you know, one shoe always looks more worn than the other one mm-hmm. because I can't, you know, I guess uh, properly apply, apply pressure. Yeah. Like, I don't know about you. I'm worried about when I get older and how me just kind of being like, eh, keep going, whatever. Um, I, I, like I'm worried like am I gonna you know screw up my hips am I gonna do something to my body because I don't know about you but like me when I look at myself in the mirror and any other broken leg club friends out there <laughs> like I did not go back into hardcore exercising or playing or anything like that like I've totally just kind of given up on that I tried to do it it was very uncomfortable mm-hmm. it's I can never get the proper range of motion to do certain things like squatting for instance I can't do a derby squat for the life of me anymore wow. I need to do like an extra wide derby squat so that my ankle can have that room just because I don't have the mobility of a regular ankle anymore um doing certain things I just I have to position my foot a different way Mm -hmm. so when I look at myself in the mirror I can tell which side of my body is my body that works properly right Mm -hmm. moves properly functions properly and then the side that I'm I guess you could say like babying I I don't think Mm -hmm. I baby it but maybe that's just the way it is now where I look at it and I'm like oh god it's so different than what it used to be like I used to have wide legs. That's the other thing, right? So boots, right? Could never yeah. get high, like those knee, those mm-hmm. knee Same, boots yeah. or high boots, right? Because I had wide calves. Yeah. Whereas now the one broken foot is no longer a wide calf. So I'm like, oh, look, I can have one wide calf boot, one non-wide calf boot. And I've actually done it where I've worn boots and then used my broken leg, that leg that's now small and weak and yeah looking that's where I put all my stuff down my boots I'd like store my phone in my boot put a snack down my boot yeah you know I just store stuff down there while I'm out because I was like oh I don't have pockets here I got my my little thin baby leg now I'll just shove it into that shoe it's so ridiculous like I find like I I don't think I I've now learned like I still I still work out but there's certain things I know that I can't do like I can't do a jumping jack without it hurting um There, yeah, there's certain positions I can't do. I, I, I found, I went to, I tried to go through physio as much as possible. So like between the first, like getting my cast off and getting surgery, I went to a physio once and they weren't helpful. I didn't really like them. And then after surgery, I ended up finding a great place and they like this girl, she was from the States. She was a lovely, like young woman. And she, like, she pushed, like there was times that she would do stuff that I was like, I feel like I'm going to like like pass out on you and she's like okay well tell them before you do but she's like we need that means we're hitting the point that it needs to be dealt with so she sent me home yes. with so many exercises to do and different things and so like I really I really push but like I said I can't not wear orthotics like my shoes have mm-hmm. to be stable and like 
if not like that's why i was really happy when um she suggested for me to go get proper orthotics and like most of my jobs now don't yeah. have um what's it called uh benefits so it's normally out of pocket but if you have benefits it pays for i think normally 80 percent of it so you're paying still probably 100 bucks but they're great like i don't know how people don't oh yeah like, like that my, makes life way easier yeah because yeah. mine cave in like my um my broken foot the arch i can't same thing i can't hold it up properly i can if i'm really yeah. focusing but i wouldn't be able to do it if i was walking jogging like nothing extra yeah. if i just stood there yeah, I could counteract it to the right like position to stand on. But other yeah. than that, I, I can't. And that's why like, yeah. when I look at people, I worked with a girl uh, when I worked in Collingwood because I'm back in hair now. So when I was in Collingwood working in hair, this girl would always wear, so we had to wear running shoes for work. And she would always wear those like flat running shoes. And I was like, how do you do this? Like we stand for eight to 10 hours a day. Yeah. Like, how is this not killing you? But I was like, when I was in my teens, I probably would have done the same and wouldn't have <laughs> even noticed, right? Well, yeah. I mean, pre-broken ankle, you can wear whatever you want. Like, yeah. I used to be able to wear... It, it, what's funny is, is between my broken ankle and my Achilles tendon lengthening mm -hmm. surgery, because yeah. that's what the sports medicine doctor said, like, yeah. let's try that. Your Achilles is really tight. We're going to lengthen it. I used to be able to wear um, like elevated sandals or like wedged sandals. Mm -hmm. um, I, I could get myself into a pair of, of smallish heels because that's what was always comfortable. But since my Achilles tendon surgery, wearing wedged things feels very, very weird. I don't know why, but it I could totally see that. does. And so... I remember I, I put on sandals for a wedding and I thought, oh gosh, I don't know what's going to happen to me. Like, I'm really yeah. hoping I don't get, you know, wasted and then I fall again or whatever. And my husband's always on me about that, right? Like, we don't, don't break your other ankle. Don't mm -hmm. break the same ankle. We can't do it again, you know? And, yeah. and so I'm always so careful now. And, and even like a mom of two teens that are very busy, if they ever get some sort of injury, I'm like right in the chiropractor or the physiotherapist right away. Like, you yeah. got to deal with this. You don't want to be dealing yeah. with and that's the thing, Broken like things later on in life. And I don't know if you felt this, but when Amazon and I were talking, like Mel, that like I did feel like I was invincible until I broke my ankle. And then since then it is like people are like, oh, let's go ice fishing. I'm like, I step on the ice and I'm like, oh no, just don't slip. Don't yeah. slip. Right. Like it is yeah. fully changed how I function in life. Like before I probably would have done weird, like weird adventures and stuff. But now I'm like, I can't. Like even the other day I was walking down. Yeah to the edge of a river to check to see if there's fish there where my boyfriend and I are weirdos, but anyways, we we're checking to see if there's fish was in, the, in this one river, but it was just really steep bank of like loose, big rocks. And he's just like, blip, blip, blip down. And I'm like, Oh, oh yeah. Oh my God. And right. I'm like, oh, I'm like, and like, each one I'm like, that rock seems loose. Don't step on it. Like I'm just terrified. <laughs> of like, like envisioning terrible things. Like even now, like watching videos on TV of people doing crazy things and then they land funny on their ankle oh. or their foot. I can't watch it. I have to close my eyes. I have yeah. to look away. Like even going and watching derby games afterwards, I found was it, like I would start to sweat really? if people got hit because I could and my I could feel my heart beating faster if, if somebody took a fall or um, there was I was at a game where someone did have an ankle break. And I and I remember sitting there thinking, oh, God. This is when everything changes for this person. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think anybody, re like, you don't, you don't realize how difficult it can be. And I was always jealous of the ladies that bounced back and, yeah. and got to go back and skate that I had to, I had to disassociate from Derby for probably a good year, almost two years mm -hmm. after I realized I couldn't skate. Like I couldn't even volunteer because I was just so like, oh, 
It's because something. Could do that. Yeah, oh, like I, I, I could lo- do that. I love Derby, right? And so I haven't really been back. I, I like I said, I, I didn't have as smooth of a exit because I, like I said, I'm always a peanut gallery. I always made comments, and there was times that like, yeah, whatever. People weren't yeah. as happy, whatever. And so I always thought, like, I by the time I was fully healed from my ankle, I then got diagnosed with a blood disorder, an autoimmune blood disorder. So I couldn't oh, go through that either. Because I was having issues with my platelets that it, my platelets were really low. So if I would have hit my head during derby, I would have died before I got to the hospital. So I'm like, oh I my can't God, that. that's yeah. awful, Carrie. I know. I did not know that. I learned something new about you. I know. I didn't, I, I didn't make it really well known. I think a lot of people noticed that I was, I had to get blood work. I was at the hospital a lot, but I just didn't, I just kept working. I just did it before around yeah. work and just kind of went through as much as I could, but so it took the year of healing from an ankle to a year and a half of healing and trying to get my body back to normal. It, it, like by that point, you're like, your life has fully changed. And it's like, yeah, I would love yeah. to play roller derby again. Maybe not as high contact or whatever. Yeah. But by that point, you're like, how did I ever fit it in my life? I don't know how I ever fit derby in my life before. Yeah, I <laughs> Remember you and Mel talking about this too. Yeah. I totally agree. I, looking back, I'm like, how did I do that? How did I manage that with two little kids and a full-time job? And, right. and then I was like, how did I have time? I feel like I have no time now for anything. Yeah. And yet I think we just fill our lives with things afterwards, right? You just move yeah. on. It's a chapter it's and, true. You, and you move on and, and I've come to terms with it. I'm totally mm-hmm. okay with it. If I can volunteer and help so that someone else can play, yeah. I will do that because somebody did that to give me an opportunity to play. So that's, that's what I can do to give back. And so yeah you know, prior to COVID I was, I was volunteering. I was helping to NSO for stuff because I know the struggle of finding those people. And so I thought if I, if I could be a helpful person so that other women can enjoy themselves and escape their realities, then yeah, I'll do that. I can totally do that. So I know, I think I, right before COVID hit, I think I was thinking, okay, I want to try to get back to at least being okay, being around it again. Like it wasn't like I was like, ew, derby, but it it did. It was an emotional thing that you had to try to get over. And so I think at first, and so now when COVID is finally done, I think I'll first start seeing if Otis needs volunteers. That is right. And then seeing how I feel being around skaters again, and then go from there and see like, oh, like I don't remember everything, but I bet I could pick up and try to be a ref at some point. Cause at least you can still skate or whatever. And And they're always in need of it. Yeah. Oh so, man. I would, I would love to see you as a rough. That would be amazing. That would be so cool. Do, so, you, do you ever have um, dreams about roller skating afterwards? Like when you couldn't. So like, I, I found myself having dreams a lot. Oh, I me. probably did. And I still do once in a while yeah. where in my dream, I'm roller skating, living my best life, right? <laughs> Just usually fun roller skating or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I wake up and go, Oh, that was a nice dream. I had fun know, in that dream, you know, know. but I just had fun doing it leisurely too, right? Yeah. Like on Fridays when everybody would go or mm-hmm. or whatnot. Like that's the part I'm, I miss being able to go skate outside. I yeah. would do that quite often with a couple girls yeah, um, and go on even... the paths, right? Like it was just fun. Yeah. It was nice to be outside and the wind blowing and the bugs <laughs> in your mouth and, you know, all that jazz. So. It's true. And that's the thing. I, I don't think I'd ever be able to c- convince my brain to let me go outdoor skating anymore. <laughs> I don't think I got, I think legit, like already like thinking about it. I'm like, I remember when I was like a good skater and outdoor skating always, I was always slightly worried because I was so like, 
I'm watching Amanda skate now because she still skates outside all the time, right? Yes. That she'll go here, there, and everywhere. And I'm like, how are you not like, oh no, the, the ground's uneven. She's just like, yeah, living her best life. I'm like, oh. Oh, I know. But I was always terrified of it. But um, yeah, roller derby. I do miss it. Yeah, it's a chapter. I'm okay with it being over, which is great. I'm excited yeah. for anyone that gets to play. I would recommend it to anyone, any yeah. women that are looking for a good full contact sport and they're mm -hmm. willing to take a risk. I would definitely recommend it. It's something that helped me get through some pretty trying moments in my life. Yeah. Being able to get that, get out that aggression, which I'd never thought I would ever be part of a full contact sport. So I was not very, very much into sports. So anyways, yeah, it was, yeah. I think I, it's, I don't regret it. I certainly don't regret the opportunity. Um, or the experience itself. I made some really amazing connections with people like yourself and other, yep. other ladies. So, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know so many amazing women if I hadn't have it's taken true. that risk. Right. So it's so I'm true. Cause like there, there are definitely people that you would never have come in contact with. Never. No. Right. Even wouldn't if you know. might've ended up living down the road from someone, I would, there's some of them you're like, I would never have met you. But, yeah. So on a side note, so I remember you, I don't know if you still are. I'm assuming you still are. You used to be a teacher. Uh, well, yeah, I'm an early childhood educator. Okay. So I, I, I do work in the, in the public school system as an early childhood educator and I love every ounce of my job. So how has that been for you this last year? During COVID, it's very difficult because yeah. you're, I'm, I work in kindergarten. And so oh that's goodness. a very difficult age group to be yep. teaching on a computer. So, mm -hmm. um, uh, everybody uses the word pivot and that's like become like the worst word to use. Every time we hear that word, yeah. I just kind of cringe because it feels like you're constantly pivoting that, that Ross friends meme of him in the couch yep. and Chandler yep. pivoting like that, that I, I think sums up pretty much the whole year where you're just like, I am pivoting. Stop yeah, yeah, asking me yeah. to pivot. I can't. It, it then just turns into a ridiculous spinning is what I refer mm -hmm. to it as to other people. I said, it, it's gone from pivoting to just, I'm going to spin. And then you tell me when to stop, right? Yeah. Because it's difficult when we're doing this and this is not what families or educators signed up for, right? This yeah. back and forth, but you know, you don't, you don't have a choice. You just kind of have to go with it. And I think the worst thing for me is worrying about uh, my families and my students and, and making sure that they're okay, because I know how I feel through this whole thing mentally mm -hmm. and, and being exhausted and with my own children. And I, and I often worry about other families and I just hope that they have the supports in place that they need to get through with it. And, and, you know, like that's almost a perfect segue to the crafts that I do because I started creating um, all my little wooden things out of like a mental health thing. I needed something yeah. to keep me motivated and also like a self-care item. So being creative is very much a self-care thing for me. Mm -hmm. uh, Derby was that for a long time. Yes. And after that, I had a very hard time finding uh, something to replace that, something that brought me like a, hey, look, I feel good after this, you know, and mm -hmm. working out has never been it for me. That is something I hate. I hate sweating. I hate yeah. every ounce of it. I don't like doing it alone. Everyone's like, sign up for Beachbody. Come, come do my Beachbody work. And I'm like, no, I, I can't. I can't work out in front of my television. I need to be, I'm a people person. I need yeah. to be around people, uh, having fun with people. Like I did some classes and they were great, but mm -hmm. Ultimately, that just it's one more thing to fit into the schedule. And yeah. I'm just not very good at that. So being creative is something that gives me that outlet. 
I mentally, I did it to create my own wooden resources. Um, and it just turned into people asking me, you know, can you make this for me? Can mm-hmm. you make that for me? And, and then being inspired by a, a lady out of Halliburton, um, right brain mom is her name. And so she, she's also another awesome feminist person who creates that for self-care, I think as well, and has turned it into an amazing business. And that I will never be that person that turns it into a business by far. Mm -hmm. But I also know that there's a need for non-plastic toys for children or exploration for children. And and what I have to create is something that allows for that. So I will continue to create so that I don't murder people. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) that's what I like to say. Yeah. But uh yeah, it's something that brings me joy and I'm just happy to share that with other people. So is it hard? Cause it mo- like uh, all the ones I've seen they're wooden and then there's other components to it. Is it hard to find? I know other wood is hard to find. Is it hard to find the wood that you need to use for yours right now or no? Um, so a lot of the wood that I use for stuff comes from my in-laws backyard. So ah, nice. there's, yeah. um, yeah, so there's some great trees out there. I've learned that ironwood is, uh, amazing to work with. What is it's iron easy to wood? cut. Ironwood is a tree. And when I cut it it's so smooth that I don't even need to sand it that's how lovely yeah so if you get a good ironwood tree you can just literally cut the branches I cut them into little wood coins right and you don't have to sand anything Uh, it ages beautifully which is lovely and so it's a hard wood to find but uh, I never thought I would be a wood connoisseur I guess you could say yeah so like Um, are you are you the one that's like measuring cutting yeah. I, so I cut, my husband yeah. will help me cut sometimes. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm, uh, yeah, I measure, I cut, uh, I use a lot of pine. So I have a friend who is a cabinet maker and he gave me, he said, Oh, if you want to come to my burn pile, you can pick through that. And that was pile, like, yeah. when I pulled up to the burn pile, I thought I had hit the jackpot. I was like looking around for security cameras. Cause I was literally dancing yeah. on his wood pile, like just picking through pine, like mad. So I got a lot of pine from him yeah. and my father-in-law, um, I use a shop quite often, but he's got a lot of, a lot of wood as well. So I just oh, yeah. kind of use some wood out of there. So, you know, for me, I don't, I don't have to deal with wood costs yeah. from the hardware you store, don't have to try which to order or ast- yeah. astronomical. Yeah. I don't have to do any of that. It's resources that I already have. We actually took apart my daughter's bed, which was made out of Ikea wood. And I actually, um, ran it through the planer and we took off the first layer and I completely recycled her bed. That's awesome. Um, by reusing it. So I thought that was great. It's like reclaimed wood, I guess, that yep. I could use and make creations from. And I thought, well, why not? It's there. Why would I go put it in a pile to get picked up or whatever or yep. burn it? I can I can use that wood. So that's amazing. I wouldn't even thought of that, but I am not skilled in the way that you are skilled with that. I would well, I, I, I'm I'm more of like a poser, is what I like to say. I feel like a poser sometimes. I'm why? Not, I'm not as skilled, but well, because I think there's far more creative and skilled people than I, but you know, I think I'm a person that has a hard time being like, yeah, I am good. Yeah, I'm good at that. <laughs> you know, like I really don't. I'm like, yeah, I, I did a good job, but I would never, you know, walk around and be like, check out my stuff. You know, that's, that's a, just not. Me. I find for the people that I know that when they are are artistic in whatever where form, the one people that I know, they're humble about it. Even though, like, you might look and go, oh, there's better ones out there, but most people might look at yours and be like, this is amazing. Oh, yeah, that's my friends all the time. They're like, oh my God, this is so awesome. And I'm like, really? I didn't think it was that good. (laughs) So the things that I've seen, so you, like what age group do you generally make yours for? I'm Um, assuming. Well, I I started making it for my kindergarten students, obviously. But I've had some friends with children who are um, 
you know, six, seven, eight. So I've, mm -hmm. I've made, I made a set of like little fairy peg dolls. And okay, so yep. if you can think back to like when we were kids and there were those Fisher price, little people that had mm -hmm. like the peg head face and the peg body, it's yep. basically that in a wooden form. And, and there are very artistic people out there that can paint amazing things on them. I cannot do that. I yep. can just paint them different skin tones. And yep. then, so I've turned some into like butterflies and fairies, which have been a hit with some with some children who are uh, a little bit older than kindergarten. Yep. Um, and I've, I've made some stuff that can be, I think, pretty much used for, you know, for creating music or just mm -hmm. play situations. A, a lot of it is, I think, tiered towards younger children. But within that, I also feel like we don't promote play once children are like into school school. And so I think that yep. that's a huge a huge thing for me is promoting that uh, at all ages. And I've seen it where we've had older kids come into our class to play with the little kids and the older kids are far more involved in mm -hmm. playing than the, the little kindies. And I think that's sad. We don't, children don't have an opportunity to play as much as they would have, I think nowadays. It's and true. So, you know, watching like kids use materials in different ways, I think is important that, that there's no close ended way of doing that. And so I think that's yeah. why I've created those items because there's only so much play that you can get out of out of certain characters or plastic toys, whereas wood toys, I think, or wood creations tend That's to true. tend to bring a little more natural element. And and some of them are far more wide, far, sorry, far more open ended yes. um, than plastic toy play. Yeah, because um, what was I about to say there? I totally lost it. No, like as you were talking about people like they don't encourage play it's true i feel like it's especially now in the technology age what i see is people are kids are well any age now it's just like here's a screen like yeah. why don't you like nothing against leapfrog or their weird little tablets for learning but i feel like it's true we need the hands-on like tangible learning well, and we see that a lot with kids and their fine motor skills. So a lot of kids don't know how to draw anymore. They they don't have that um, that strength in their hand muscles because they're used to using a finger to drag yeah. and point. And so what we're seeing is a huge decline in how children actually um, can hold small toys uh, or small you know, like a paintbrush yep. or a pencil, they're often just grabbing it very much like a toddler would grab and hold on to something. They're not using their fingers. And that that finger development really happens when you're playing with things mm -hmm. like Legos and, and small intricate toys yeah. that that kind of promote that that building and balancing play. So I've noticed it a lot in the last few years at least. Mm -hmm. I mean, I haven't been in the school system that long, but I've I've been in this field for close to 20 years. And mm -hmm. I would say there's definitely a decline in uh, children's fine motor development. Well, it makes sense. Cause I don't even think, do they even teach handwriting anymore? They, you have to learn no. your alphabets, but I don't think they teach you cursive. No, they don't teach cursive anymore. That's very much of a, a pre preferential thing. So some some teachers don't teach it anymore. Some mm -hmm. do, but, but there's so much that has to be taught that there is literally, literally no time for that. Wow. So I remember the bank manager was shocked that my girls knew how to how to write their name in a cursive. And they said, we had a 20 year old in here that couldn't cursive, like couldn't sign their name. They just printed it because they had never been taught cursive. And for me personally, I'm like that, that to me is something that you can teach your own children. We don't, we don't need the school system to teach that per se, yeah. but you know, that is something that we can teach them at home, at least to sign their own name for crying yeah. out loud. I mean, come on. Wow. That's not rocket science. So I, I I feel like I should know this this answer, but I don't. So do you have a like Instagram page for your creations? I feel like I see them all in yours. 
I do. I do. So I do have, I do have an Instagram account, a Facebook account, and it's called uh, Tutkia Handcrafted what? Learning. So T-U-T-K-I-A, which is Finnish for explore. So I found, um, I couldn't, I couldn't oh. find any fun names, but if you put uh, Tutkia into a translator, it will come up for Finnish for as the word explore. And so I thought that was kind of like a perfect name for my items because yeah. it gives children the opportunity to explore. I totally just followed you on a couple pages. So. Oh, thank you, friend. <laughs> um, and I and I will put it in the description so if people want to find oh, it, they can thanks. find you. Because um, I saw it's just a side hustle. It's a side hustle. Full disclosure. I literally don't have time all the time. Like I have a couple orders that I haven't been able to finish yet, but I'm like, yeah, I'll get to it. I'm no, not worried. But, it, but yeah, to me, it's like it's whatever keep like you say keeps you sane, keeps you with it. Like I have this podcast and like it doesn't take up a ton of my life per se like it's sitting down and talking with people there's a little bit of editing and whatever but even the fact that I know once a week I have this thing that I've got to do I'll sit down and chat with people and then it's just like I have to make sure it gets posted and it's just nice right and I yeah there's or, a beginning a middle and an end yeah. to a lot of yeah what you're doing what I'm doing and it's I think and also maybe that sense of accomplishment mm -hmm. I don't know if maybe that's something that I've that I, that I've missed previously, or maybe not getting, I don't know, but I just, yeah. yeah, it brings me joy. And as long as it brings me joy, I will continue to do it. If it ever became a burden, I would reevaluate, you know, maybe I, maybe I don't need to make things for other people. Maybe I just need yeah. to make it for myself. Right. And sometimes and so, that's what I find. I know I follow some people on Instagram or even Facebook that it's just a page and they are not selling anything, but they're just showing the things that they create or they're doing. And that's why we have these yeah. Instagram pages. Most time people, you want people to see what you're doing. Doesn't mean it needs to oh, be yeah. for money. It's like, what makes you happy? I technically have a baking page on Instagram for just when I make new things, I'll post it on there. And I enjoy yeah. baking, right? So why not? Yeah. Why, why can't we share those things? There's so yeah. many, there's so many layers to us. So I feel like you know, just to share with someone, they might find it inspiring. Maybe they'll say, Hey, I can do that too. So, right. Um, so other than your projects, anything interesting going on in life? I know COVID's made life ridiculous, but COVID has totally made life ridiculous. Yeah. I, yeah, I, there's nothing, I feel like I do the same thing. I feel like a hamster wheel a little bit since COVID <laughs> has come around. Yep. I'm really looking forward to this going away. So eventually that'll happen. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, no, I think, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I could talk about anything really. I mean, you just, we could pull things out of a hat and I could tell you my opinion. I don't know if everybody would agree with it. I do, I do get myself into a lot of trouble with my mouth apparently. So that's something that's that okay. is that's I, something we have in common, AKA I used to get in trouble. Well, right? I still do. I just, I find being open and honest. And even if it's not what people want to hear, like, I think it's a necessary people are thing. Not, yeah. I always find it fascinating how people say they want open and honest, but when they hear it, then that's another yeah. story. So it's I always true. find that interesting, right? Like, I've I've lost a many friends of just be, and I'm not being rude. I am just being honest. Yeah. And they'll be like, well, I'm not dealing with it. I'm like, okay. Like, if you can't handle me just being, I like I said, I'm not being offensive. I'm not being rude. I'm just stating my opinion. If you don't like it, then okay. Yeah. We don't need to. That's okay. We don't have to agree. I think that's, right? that's, that's what part this, of it too. Well, that's what I find society right now is lacking is that they think that oh like don't get me wrong everyone gets offended at different things right because it's it's how you take it but with this i like gordon Ramsay calls this generation the snowflake generation and i love it because it's true that like they get offended at everything and they're so delicate that it's like 
they get mad over an actor playing a role and it's like i don't get the issue with someone playing a role or these songs like oh the cancel culture and i'm like really god i think it i think it goes deeper than that and i think if you're gonna if you're gonna be offended on the surface then clearly you're not ready to dig deeper maybe into what the underlying issues are right or Mm -hmm. what what that actually is like what are you actually offended by right like it's it just i find yeah you're right some people are are yes are easily offensive offended however within that it's often because they don't understand or they have a lack of knowledge about why they should be offended or why they shouldn't be offended or is this something that we really need to be offended by? And is it something that we can just discuss and move on in our daily life? Like, yeah, yeah I don't know. There's a lot of, yeah, I've gotten myself into a lot of uh, trouble <laughs> <laughs> t- talking open and honestly about things. And so I've been learning to maybe um, scale back a bit, which I think is kind of sad that, that um some people, yeah, are, are just looking to be offended by things or looking mm-hmm. to be offended by one person. That's what and, it's true. It's true. People are seeking it out. Yeah. And yeah. so I think, you know, if, and often I wonder too, is, um, you know, be, being now, now you're going to be like, don't, don't, don't get all far off on the side there. But sometimes I wonder too, if, uh, as I, I've been exploring feminism a lot. Okay. And so not extreme, none of this like stereotypical nonsense, but just being more informed about women's issues. I think the mm-hmm. history of, of, of feminism and, and women's fight. And so I often wonder too, is this part of all of what's happening and specifically it's usually around when women open up or women are open and honest Mm because how we view open and honest men is very different from how we view open and honest women and so I go back to the ideas that you know I think is this is this part of that thinking that has been perpetuated for centuries and and this person is offended by me because they simply don't understand that there is another way to look at it or that there can be another way to think about things that isn't just so misogynistic and or close-ended and or you know again something that we're we don't need to be offended by it we can we can talk about it and we Mm -hmm. can both have differing opinions and we can both walk away and come back the next day and talk about something different that's totally okay we don't need to be angry at each other about it like it just yeah I don't know yeah I like I the way I view things in life like don't get me wrong there's always something that might irk you a bit but like I would rather have an open conversation to hear maybe their side of it research more of the side to be like maybe I have a weird view or whatever because I I, I'm that person that I always want to learn so if it's something that I'm like instantly like that seems weird why are you doing that like I I don't obviously phrase it with that attitude but I I do want to know like why do you do it like that because maybe I have a weird thing because we've all been raised a different way I'm not saying any of our parents have raised us wrong or anything but sometimes it just comes with um ethnicity or or anything right in your life that yeah you could end up being like oh that's just how our household learned like I was talking um recently about someone that their family like it's kind of like their trade to insult each other and that was like their loving quotation marks way to talk to each other and I was like okay I I don't agree with that and I said I don't I don't know like why you would want your family to like kind of insult you instead of like lift you up but it's like if if you're saying that's how your life is then okay I'm just saying that like my family tried to encourage each other <laughs> and like don't get yeah. we're family so we might poke fun at each other but not like uh when someone's trying something new not insulting them to try to make them feel bad like that's not something my family would do so it's like I yeah I'd like to know why and theirs was it was a um 
ethnicity, like religion kind of thing that like, not uh, religion, but you know what I mean? Like they just, that's cultural. Just, thank you. That's cultural, the way that culture. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. okay. So I was like, I'll just say what my family does. And if you think like, and that's what I would just want, like get someone else's brain working to be like, oh, well maybe it isn't healthy the way that our family. See, and I'm, I'm that. Yeah. And I, yeah, it's, fa- it's fascinating when people say it's their culture. And then I, and then I ask, so, you know, like if I go and meet someone else from your culture, is mm-hmm. this, is this how they're going to act? Or is that often, in, I don't know this situation, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think I'm in that person that asks a lot of questions and I've learned to ask this one, which is my favorite. Uh, and I've taught my girls how to do it too now. Uh, so that okay. if they're ever in an awkward position to ask somebody like, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Could you explain it to me so that I can understand where yeah. you're coming from? Right. B- because there is so much of that. I find a lot of these people who are offended by things are often people too, that make blanket statements or blanket mm-hmm. remarks. So it's very much tiered towards you know, everyone is like this or, oh, yeah. it's always been like that. Or this is, I'm, I'm going to throw this blanket on this situation. And we're going to call it a day. And I go, yeah, no, I'm not a, I don't need a blanket. I don't yeah. need a blanket statement. I don't need one size fits all because that's just not reality. Right. Yeah. So it's true. Yeah. I've always, I've always said it at every place I've worked, every employee I've ever hired when I'm in management roles, I always say, I'm that person that will ask you why. And it's not trying to push back on what you're asking to be done. I just want to know. I want to know all the whys so I can do the thing the way you want. And like I just said, I want to learn. So it's like, I'm asking so that my brain can fully get it to be like, I'm going to perform the way that you want me to perform. So it's just like, yeah. Well, I think it it helps understanding where people are coming from with their thinking. Yeah. Right. I think when we take the time to stop and ask questions to people and, and understand maybe why they think the way that they think, Mm -hmm. it helps us understand them, I think, as a person and not you know, give them a, a blanket opinion where yeah. you're like, oh, they're, they're just, you know, that that's, they're like that because that's just the way they are. And yeah. it's like, well, no, there's, there is a little bit more to that. And, and I think that's an empathy piece too. Maybe that's yeah. got a little bit of empathy thrown in there for certain situations. Do Some people find... are just legit Good. crazy. Yeah. Rude. That's very true. You know what I mean? Ignorant. Yeah. yeah. There are, there are just people that are literally like, looks like a duck, sounds like a duck, yeah. walks like a duck eats like a like everything says duck but you're telling me that's a moose I'm gonna go with no yeah no (laughs) so the times that you've kind of questioned someone on that like in in the way that you just described do you find that you've ever had someone go like that they legitimately don't have an answer they just like because I would think if say if I if I blanketed something and you asked me there would be moments that you're just like I actually don't know and they would make me think in the process of like, why do I say this? Has anyone ever like, do you find that people actually explain it? Or do have you had people be like, uh, a few th- times that I've had to pull that out because I really, I pull that out to put people in their place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when I have pulled it out, they go, well, yeah, I guess I was being, or yeah, I guess what I'm saying is this. And, uh-huh. and, and it, they start to realize that what they're saying mm-hmm. really isn't very nice or True. very kosher or very appropriate, or yeah. it's a judgmental statement or a stereotype that they're trying to throw out there. And so I always kind of giggle at those because then watching someone else be uncomfortable trying to explain their words, is kind of satisfying a little bit, but it's, it's also uncomfortable because you don't know what they're going to say. And, and to be able to say to someone, could you explain that? Or, you know, uh, I'm sorry, could you just, yeah. could you, 
explain it to me so that I can understand. I'm not quite understanding what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I think it makes other people reflect and go, yeah, maybe what I'm about to say is not going to be very kind or, uh, no, maybe I don't want to talk about this anymore. I'm just yeah. going to say it's okay. We don't need to talk about it. Um, yeah. so it, you have to be brave to say something sometimes. That's something yeah. I've learned in life that you, you have to, there's comfort and courage and you can't have both. Yeah. So you need to figure out which one you want to deal with. And sometimes I'm courageous and it's a lot to handle when I'm courageous. People look out and uh, that's what I find that I'm probably most proud of myself is. Yeah, I like that. I do like that. Yeah. And I, I don't know, I might not have worded it the same way, but I bet I do that to people at times because. Oh, yeah. no, I remember had... you from Derby. You'd be like, what? Nope. Sorry. What? Oh, yeah. No, it's so funny. It's so <laughs> funny how our derby personas and our derby behavior either change or alters as we go along. But there's a lot of, I think our own personalities in, in our derby. And I, yeah. and I, I don't know, I'm always grateful that I had met you because you were someone that I looked at up to as being a very strong opinionated person who, when you said something, people would go, yeah, she's right. You know? And I yeah. was like, I want to be like that. I want to say Aww. stuff the way it is. <laughs> and everyone just be like, yeah. That's what she said. And so, right. And so I haven't gotten to that point until, you know, the last few years of my mm. life, which has been post Derby where yeah. I've kind of mustered up this, okay, yes, we can, yeah. we can have, we can say things that we know other people aren't going to agree with and that's okay. And yeah. if they have a problem with it, then that's their problem. Yep. It's so true. It's so true. And that's the thing. Like I watch a lot of uh, like RuPaul's drag race and I know this is going to sound a weird thing, but I find that the, the drag Queens on there, they talk about their their true self, like their self out of drag and how they don't act the way they, that they are in drag. When they're in drag, they will do these things that they would never do and they have the confidence that they didn't. And then as they go through longer in drag race or even just in their drag life, they're able to take that confidence that they had. And I find that's what Derby did for a lot of us. That it's like, yeah, you want to know what? Yeah. This is my ultra ego. I'm bruisey sheer and I'm going to do whatever I want and this and that. And then like you stop Derby and then you're kind of like, why do I not do this all of the time? right? As you were just saying that yeah. you kind of go, like, I had the confidence when I had a, a pseudo name or whatever. And it's like, yeah, who cares? Right. And it's like, uh, this is me, right? Like, and it, and it is a take it or leave it situation. If someone doesn't like me, they're not going to like me. And I'm kind of okay with that. Cause that means I probably wouldn't love like them. Yeah, so. yeah. I'm just, I'm having an aha moment. Like as we're talking about it going, I think that was probably what started it for me was Derby. Like, although it brought me an injury and took mm -hmm. me out in ways I didn't like it, it really, um, it allowed for me to mature. And I think I'm grateful that I'm yeah. the person that I am now. And, and my girls are still young enough to see it and kind yeah. of hopefully um, be the strong young women that I want them to be and not, you know, passive. I mean, if I had what my girls have, um, if when I was their age, if I had what they had, oh man, I don't, I don't even know where my life would have been. Oh, I, really? <laughs> I'm always amazed by them. Yeah. So I'm always like, Oh, you're snappy. I love it. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I need to see where this goes in life because I wasn't that snappy person as a kid. I was very conducive and, you know, very compliant and very much of a rule follower. Not that they're bad yep. at all. Like, not no, 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 no. Yep. But I mean, just being able to speak their truth at their ages. I'm like, damn, if I had that yep. when I was 15 and 17, man wonder where I would be in life yeah. right now so it's so yeah. true and that's the thing I bet they they have seen you change for the better I'm not saying you were bad before but like seeing those changes no, no, and no but like, evolve yeah, yeah evolve good word yeah and that's the thing we do yeah. need more women to be proud and confident in themselves because the world isn't giving us those pats on the backs like we need to do it ourselves 
because as we no, know, they're con- I, yeah, no, we're constantly criticized and judged and, and ripped apart and then put mm-hmm. back together and told to deal with it. And I think at the end of the day, if we, if we can, you know, surround ourselves, I think, with supportive women, which, uh, you know, which Derby did. Yeah, there mm-hmm. was some drama. There's always going to be drama, like you and Mel said, you yeah. know, Amazon <laughs> said in, in the podcast, when you put women together, there's always going to be so many differing opinions. But yeah. I think, I think overall, um, all those women that we played with had a common goal. And that was to mm-hmm. play Derby and have fun and kick ass and, and have a great time at games. And, and, and no matter what, when we, when we got on that track, whatever feelings we had towards each other kind of, I think went to the side and we all kind of collectively worked together as for a goal. And I think ultimately that's what we need to see from women as a whole, I think to really accomplish what we want to accomplish. And, you know, people say that we're beyond that, that we've got it. And I would beg to differ. I think that very much like Derby, you are as strong as your weakest player. And I think that's Mm -hmm. very much in life as well. Right. So you're surrounding yourself with strong, confident women I think that that's only going to help you and the women around you kind of so true forward it's so true I hope everyone can find something every female could find a group a sister a not even a blood sister I mean like just someone in your life sisterhood some connection yeah because we do need it we so do yeah we're I think I think in you know in observing throughout my years of of engaging in female dominated things is that there's always this um there's always this worry that someone's going to out out compete us or outdo us, or there's always a threat. And I think yep. we need to really stop viewing ourselves as threats towards each other and start looking at each other as, you know, I want you on my side. I, I need yep. people like you to kind of motivate me or push me ahead. And, and, and that's exactly what Derby did for me skating with yep. people like you who were, who were, you know, quick on their feet and, and strong. Like you were, you were so strong. I, you know, I say were, I'm sure you still are because you do amazing <laughs> things, but I mean, to have that physical strength, that, that is something that I actually miss is having that ability mm-hmm. to knock someone down and just be like, haha, I'm going to yeah. eat your soul. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and, and to this day, when I watch Derby and see someone getting their soul eaten, I laugh <laughs> the most evilest laugh. I love uh-huh. every ounce of it. I just think it's, fabulous i'm just like eat that soul so yeah <laughs> i think that's great i'm eating souls in a kinder way now but <laughs> it's so true thank you christine so much for joining me i had a great time chatting with you i um, also had a great time um yeah. i will totally put your handle under the underneath for your craft it's totally fine we'll put your little creative one out it's gonna be great um so i'll do my normal so make sure to listen like subscribe follow rate five stars uh i got the website i got an email uh, Instagram, uh, a normal adventures podcast, all that stuff. Check us out.